There are a lot of issues on voters' minds right now. Six big ones could help decide the election. Guns, reproductive rights, immigration, the economy, health care, and the wars overseas. On the Consider This podcast from NPR, we will unpack the debates on these issues and what's at stake. You can listen to NPR's Consider This wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everyone? It's Jay. And we've got some brand new episodes coming out soon. But today... We're going to revisit my conversation with the one and only Kelly Rowland, legendary musician, author, and former Destiny's Child member. Kelly and I talked about what motherhood means to her, including how she balances her roles of celebrity and mom and create the most imperative word, wait for it, boundaries for herself while setting an example for her kids. And if you're already gearing up for Halloween like we are in my house, Kelly's new movie, The Curse of Bridge Hollow, drops October 14th. It's spooky and delightful, and we'll get the whole family in the mood. Check out the trailer if you haven't already. Back to the show. Here's something you may or may not know about me. I'm a dad, and it's the best thing to ever happen in my life. I've got two kids, Amelia and Zane. I have a third on the way. They are the most important people in my life. And every day I have with them, it's a gift. And it's a new set of challenges. So when you're working ESPN hours and the NBA playoffs, it's hard to make time for everyone and everything all the time. So for today's episode, I wanted to get advice from one of the most hardworking parents out there, Kelly Rowland. In your mind, she might still be the girl who wrote hits with Beyonce and Michelle in Destiny's Child or the diva who tore up dance floors with anthems like Commander. But I have to tell you, Kelly is way more than a pop star. She's an entrepreneur, a philanthropist, an author, and the mother of two beautiful children with her husband and manager, Tim Weatherspoon. She even wrote a book about working moms called Always With You, Always With Me. This conversation got very, very deep. I'm going through something very traumatic in my life right now. And Kelly's words really helped me. And I also hope it helps you. I also wanted to figure out how in the hell she does it all, pursuing her professional goals while also creating a future for her two amazing kids. Here's my conversation with the great Kelly Rowland. How are you, Miss Rowland? So good. How are you, Jay? I am great. You are wearing an amazing color, my favorite color, green. My it favorite color. Get out of it. Don't don't tease me now. No, 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 no. I promise. Color? No, I promise. So this my favorite color with green recently happened because um Khalees. I was actually on tour with Khalees and she just told me, she goes, I think you should have green more in your wardrobe. <laughs> and Ooh, I okay. trust her because she's the woman that just wears every color and every color mm-hmm. looks great on her and I was like, I'm going to do it. So the more I incorporated green into, like, my everyday world, the more I, I don't know, was I felt good, you know? So she was right. I'm so grateful to her. There's a richness, there's a fullness that comes along with that color for you. So uh, you are allowed to have my favorite color. I gift it to you. Why, it thank you. Very, oh, oh, my God. <laughs> now you own green, Jay. Okay. Okay. Well, Kelly, the color green reminds me of motherhood. That's what we're going to talk about today, that fullness, that joy that you have in your life. So I have to ask you, is this the best version of who you are right now? I say this is the best version of me. Um, it's the part of me I've enjoyed um, watching the most because I'm growing like, and learning a lot. <laughs> and I think in um, parenting, in motherhood, I'm learning 
a lot about the things that I, I guess like I I um I want to grow from because I'm telling my kids the same thing. I don't want to be preaching to them one thing and then I'm not being um, an example of it. So Mm -hmm. I I feel like you have a a lot more of these moments where you're like looking in the mirror, but you're looking at your kid and you have to be the first example that they see. First off, really cool names, Titan and Noah. Yes, Um, thank you. Yeah, I I have uh, my daughter, Amelia and Zane, and we're expecting a third on the way. We're thinking about going with Penelope, but I'm curious, it's just me because me and my wife are talking a lot about it. How did you come up with the names? So Titan came about through Tim, my husband, but it was so interesting because um, with Titan, he actually gave Noah his name. Really? I let Yeah, I let Titan name Noah, but what's funny is Noah was on one of my lists. I had the name Sphere, S-P-H-E-R-E. And um, well, someone else told me, it was like, please don't name that child Sphere. (laughs) (laughs) So I I got that response. That's always so bad when you're like, that's a beautiful name. And somebody's like, no, don't do that. I told my sisters and they were like, "Mm -mm, please don't do that to my baby. (laughs) Um, So it was Sphere, Bo, and Noah. And I call Titan and Titan says, Mommy, I have my baby brother's name. And I said, what is it? But by this time, I hadn't talked to him. I hadn't told him what my list was. And he says, Mm -hmm. Noah. I said, you know what? You named your brother. His name is Noah. And when he saw him and he looked at him and he's like, Noah. And his whole, like, face just was so smiling and big. I was like, what a cool opportunity to name your brother like to t- although you know that can definitely backfire later where he can be like i exactly. named you boy you better chill out <laughs> so I'm like that's a good and a bad thing you know what's crazy kelly hmm. there's no way in hell you are older than me <laughs> you, you look like you're 28 what am Why, i doing something you, wrong Jay. with my skin wash like what is going on <laughs> you look incredible thank you very much thank you i, I have to ask you because i need you to put me on game then how old is titan now seven Seven. Okay. So my daughter, Amelia, is three, about to turn four in October. How do you help your children deal with the attention that mom gets all the time? How do you help them navigate what's real and what isn't? Um, I remember the first time Titan came home and he says, hi, Kelly Rowland. I said, my name is not Kelly Rowland. My name is mom. <laughs> <laughs> Because he heard oh. one of his little friends at school say, oh, your mom is, is Kelly Rowland. And, and um, I said, no, my name is mom to you. And he was like, mm. but your name is Kelly Rowland. I said, no, but you're my child. And you call me what? He said, mom. I said, yes, some people refer to me as Kelly Rowland because mommy does such and such. I was like, but you are my baby. And the way I call you Titan and I say it with ex- a specific expression of love, I was like, I'm mommy to you. <laughs> so he got it. He got it. And, and I think when he sees other people like, you know, come up or whatnot, um, he's just like, well, they wanted they wanted to tell you hi because you're Kelly Rowland. I said, don't say things like that. <laughs> yeah. But also, wow, what a sense of awareness for a seven year old. I mean, and I guess that's what comes along with, you know, being your children is that you get a chance to he can feel when people want to interact with you or engage yeah. with you not everybody has that type of awareness that's amazing no he does the the only thing is is like i don't i don't want it to be um 
I don't want it to, to, to do anything weird with him. You know what I mean? I'm always aware of, of him because, you know, I, I, don't, I don't want him to, to be like, well, someone's taking a picture of me or someone's aware. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want him to take on that. I just want him to be a kid. You know what I mean? And if he was ready for me to go in, in the time that somebody's asking me for an autograph, guess what? I got to go because my kid is telling me to come on. So in that moment, like, my kids are first. My husband is first. Everything else is, is next. How do you create boundaries for yourself? I, I'm going to be honest with you. I struggle with that yeah. because I, I try to do things for me and let me be honest and take a step back. Yeah. I am not a mother. You know, I leave my home. I think sometimes saying these things are very yeah. important, how you preface yeah. these conversations, Kelly, <laughs> because I see my wife in the morning when I get up, I leave to go to work every morning at 3.30 a.m. Mm. Mm. So I don't come back home until 10.30, 11 from doing my morning show Woo. and just FaceTiming her the waking both kids up, one kid's crying, the other kid is hungry, one kid's yelling, she's balancing that, she's packing lunch, she's feeding them breakfast, she's getting herself situated, she's taking one to school, the other, and I'm just, I don't know how, how do you manage all that? It just seems like it's relentless. It is, it is, but the truth is, is that, I mean, I have to say, it, it is myself and my husband, we, but we have a wonderful team. And I'm grateful to our our team, you know, whether that's um, his mom coming in every now and then to help out with the kids, to um, my tribe of caretakers for my boys, um, to my team that is uh, help that is my team that helps with my things, but they are there for the boys. So it's just like <laughs> um, we have a great tribe. We really, really do. Um, and my husband is a G because I travel so much and he's started to travel so much with his occupation. So it's like, we, we have a great team and we try to make sure that everybody's able to come up for air too, but everybody also works hard. So, um, you like to applaud that and, and definitely give people their credit where it's due. And, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's definitely a balance. That's that's the, the the least of it. Like it's it's a balance and trying to still create space for yourself so that you're able to have a, a peace for you, too, because I think that when you don't, you lose some of yourself and then some of your spirit kind of just kind of goes away. But you always need that because your children need to see that, too. So. Yeah, I was stro I was strolling through your IG and I was laughing because you and your husband, you guys had some uh, interesting and funny videos up. You guys do a new edition. <laughs> I also, we had we had Gabrielle Union on the show. I've known Gabby forever. I saw you Love and Gabby partying. I'm like, Love so her. you still have to make time. Mom still needs to be mom and yes. Kelly Rowling. You know what I mean? And yes. do her thing and enjoy it for sure. Absolutely. And then they see that and they see the silly moments. Like I showed Titan how me and his dad were out the night before. He goes, you and dad look really silly. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm like, your mom and daddy were turned up. We needed that night out. <laughs> exactly. You'll pay for it the next day, but you needed it. Exactly. Exactly. We've all seen those celebrity kids who seem so far out of touch from reality. After the break, Kelly shares how she's preparing her children for real life. And then things get really real as we talk about our own mothers and how they live through us. This is The Limits from NPR. I'm Jay Williams. Why is everyone so obsessed with traditional wives or trad wives on social media? 
This week, we're talking about the viral videos of women making marshmallows and mozzarella from scratch, and how behind the sheen of calm kitchens and cute fits, there's some interesting pessimism about our modern world. And that's worth digging into. Next time on It's Been a Minute from NPR. Instead of scrolling mindlessly, engage mindfully with the NPR app. With a mix of on-demand news, stories from this station, and your favorite podcast, you can relax without shutting off your brain. Download the NPR app today. Moms know the ups and downs of life. It's what makes them great subjects for books. This is one of the things that fiction can do, right? It can give us a window into the battles that each person is waging or facing, but it doesn't mean that we condone her actions. This week on NPR's Book of the Day podcast, we are discussing books centering mothers. So call your mom, then tune into the Book of the Day podcast from NPR. What's happening on NPR podcasts? More neighborhoods and more perspectives. The more of the world that you hear, the more you hear the world as it really is. NPR podcasts. More voices, all ears. Find NPR wherever you get your podcasts. Pro-Palestinian protests have popped up on college campuses across the country. But from the eyes of students, what are we missing? From the outside, these protests are painted as really violent when that couldn't be further from the truth. I'm Brittany Luce, host of NPR's It's Been a Minute, and I'm inviting you to hear from student journalists who see what the rest of us cannot. On It's Been a Minute from NPR. When you see kids around Hollywood, though, I remember it was trending on Jaden Smith. Um, he was saying that he has had so many conversations with a lot of adults because of his young acting career. And he was like, it's hard for me to relate to kids because, you know, kids don't talk about political science or kids don't talk about saving the environment. Mm -hmm. Do, Do you ever feel that sense that you guys are having such different level of conversations that does that that doesn't hinder your child from being a kid, though, right? No, not at all. Here's the thing about Titan. Titan is very aware of the environment. He is. But he also has, he goes to a school where the other kids are speaking that same language. You know what I mean? And I'm not saying that Jaden didn't. I don't know what his upbringing is. But, I mean, I know that having a conversation with a Will or with a Jada in just the time period that I'm standing there and I've, you know, had conversations with them before, they are so incredibly smart and so incredibly, you know, bright where they're talking about so many different things. Of course their kids are going to be colorful with so many different topics to talk about. You know what I mean? So for me with, with Titan, there's like specific things that he loves. Whatever he loves, we take interest in as well. Everyone in the house has to if you want to talk to Titan. So it's like my makeup artist comes in and he's like, Wendy, did you know that um, the, 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 the humpback whale does such and such and such and such? And in this time in the year, they migrate to this and they have babies. And it, like he's that kid. And everything he learns in a documentary, he takes in all that information, soaks it up. Then he moves on to the next species. So he's like he's very bright. Very, very bright and takes everything in and then he moves on. But then he wants to share all of his knowledge with you. But then he likes to be the one to know it all. So Mm -hmm. he wants to recite it back to you. And then when you don't know, he's like, I bet you didn't know. You know what I mean? So he's um, he is. He's he's a really smart kid. But um, we we definitely like to make sure that he's like also hanging with his best friend Cairo or his buddy Chase, whose mom I did the collaboration with the book with, Jessica McKay. So he's around a, a lot of other um, little kids, and he's able to just be a kid. Well, speaking of sharing knowledge, I want to get into your book, Always With You, Always With Me. Yeah. 
You describe a mother as an architect. Mm-hmm. Can you please delve deeper into what that means? I mean, um, in one of the pages of the book, she says, um, you know, I, I, I come to work and basically we're breaking ground today. And it makes me think about um, what you will be when you grow up. But she also says how she plans out their day. And I think that moms in so many ways are architects in a way where it's like, well, what are they going to eat? What's the schedule going to be like? What are they going to do for this play day? Okay, we have to make sure that they're on top of um, this if they're behind in math or writing or this or that. Like we are literally structuring our children's days like an architect and actually being able to be a part of the process of watching them grow, watching them learn how to communicate, helping them to do so. Like that's what motherhood is at times. Like you're you're helping to build, you're hoping to help to build a really remarkable human being. So, um, yeah. I hear my wife talk about this. I read excerpts of your book. I've been reading a ton about things that you both have talked about. And almost in a way, as a man, I get frustrated because Kelly is like, I swear I think I have the ability to multitask. I yeah. really do. Yeah. But when I see the level of how you guys multitask and your careers and the architect of your children's lives and what they're doing in mathematics, and I try to engage and I try to be supportive and I try to be, I try to apply myself in different ways. What, what advice would you give to a father? out there who wants to be more involved, wants to add more support, but maybe they don't know all the tactics or all the schemes on how to do it. One, just the fact that you asking the question, my heart just opened up and just started beating so fast because the fact that you asked the question is just so beautiful because you want to be able to give more. And P.S., the father to me um, comes in into a place that the mother can't. Um, And I I say that because of just even my experience with having my father. Now, I've been told by people, oh, you look so pretty, you look so beautiful, you look so this, you look so that. When he said it, and even after my husband has said it to me, like it means a lot, of course, coming from him, but my dad said it. And when I heard my dad say it, I was like, oh, I'm out here. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it <laughs> was different. him it was him saying it. It was what I needed to hear for 30 years, 30 plus years. So dads have a way of communicating the way a mother can't. But just the fact that you ask the question like is really beautiful. And I I, I mean for me it's just just constantly keeping the lines of communication open with from a with a father and their child whether it be a boy or a girl. I think is so important because your kids should just know how to let conversations flow and their emotions flow and having it from both your parents and it not just being one-sided is a good balance. Like how, what, what a blessing to be able to have a balance um, as your, both of your parents are doing it. You know, sometimes you got a girlfriend of mine is like, oh my God, my mom is asking me a million questions today. Me and my, my dad is like, you okay, baby? You okay? <laughs> and that's all she did. <laughs> It's like, so I, yeah. it's so easy for us. Just one question. Exactly. That's all I got. Exactly. And I think also acknowledging like the, the mother in that way, because I, I think that you have some some dads who are just like, yeah, she did such and such or just, you know, get me dinner, you know, just make me dinner. Rub my feet. <laughs> that kind of stuff. 
really goes a long, long way. way. A I long, hear you. long way. For sure. It's like learning how to be appreciative. I'm I'm fascinated. What did you take away from your mother and how she taught you to be a mom with how she mothered you? My mom was incredibly affectionate. Just wanting to hold your hand, looking at you, staring at you, like or staring at me always like in awe. And um or even like there was a show on uh, TV years ago in the 80s, 90s called A Man. Every time A Man came on, she was like, ooh, let's go sing, baby. She was my biggest <laughs> cheerleader. Like, and I probably, shine on the light from heaven low. Like, that was me with this little bitty mm. voice. And she's like, sing, baby. You know what I mean? Yes. So it's like having her do that and be affectionate and, um, those really meant the most to me. And just seeing her smile and her be silly. Like, I have to remind myself of that. Like, um, when I when I really have my times where I miss her, I'm always thinking of the fact that she's, like, um, kind of, like, moving around me, dancing around me. There was a moment, a night, where it was cold in the house, but I woke up and all I heard was Noah. And so I was like, well, why am I waking up? <laughs> it's, like, 3 in the morning. Oh, my God. And so all I heard was Noah. I got up and I just heard just walk down the hallway and it was cold, like ice cold in Noah's room. I knew it was my mother. I knew it was my mother because I don't, I'm not like waking up at three o'clock in the morning randomly, you know, especially because he'd been sleeping, he's been sleeping through the night. So I'm like, okay, cut the, you know, heater on or whatever. And I just got back into bed and I just kind of smiled and went right back to sleep. But it was just amazing to me that I could feel that from her. I know she's doing even more, you know, in her passing than even her being here. And I'm just, I'm grateful to her spirit for that, for sure. It's so um, comforting hearing you say that. You know, I think one of the reasons why I wanted to do this show, and it's very selfish of me, Kelly, I'll be honest and transparent about it, is as I get older, like I really want to take things from people to better help me navigate my life. And hearing you say that is almost making me cry because, you know, for the past five years, uh, my mom's been really, really sick. My mom's actually in the hospital right now. And she's gone through two kidney transplants, diverticulitis, congenital heart failure. And um, it's something I talk with my wife about all the time, like where we feel like it's getting to this point where I, I don't want to see my mother in pain anymore. Yeah. You know, um, how did you how did you learn how to, get to this place where now you can think about your mom and there's a smile that comes on your face or you feel that your energy feels so uplifting around it. And I'm in that process now where it's painful. It hurts. Of course. Of you know, course. I haven't even begun the process yet. How do you even begin that? Um, I think that being very transparent, when I lost her, right before that, we'd had the biggest falling out. And um, the next com co phone call that I got was um, saying that I had to say goodbye to my mother. So when I said, um, when I hung up the phone, I just turned to my husband and I said, we have to go to Atlanta. I have to say bye to my mom. He's like, what are you talking about? And I told him what was going on. And I'd lost her to cardiac arrest and um, or was losing her at that time. 
And so when I got there and I saw her, I just saw her as a human. And I saw her and I thought about, like, how she did the best that she could with what she had. You know what I mean? With me. And how I'm taking this journey into parenthood and how dare I have these feelings um, of maybe being upset or disappointed or whatever with her. And my kid could feel the same way about me. And that's something that you definitely don't want. But I think that when it came time to just say goodbye, I just, I wanted her to be happy. And I, and cause I always felt like there was this part of her that just was missing. You know what I mean? Like a, 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 a light or a joy that I saw on her face when she saw me do something great. You know what I mean? Like she was living through me, but she is a part of me every single day. She is a part of the light. You know what I mean? A, a, a part of my motherhood, a, a part of me learning how to be a, a, a woman, a wife, a businesswoman. And um, with, with, with saying goodbye, I, I thought about after a while the gain. The gain it, to me is like the things that we don't see in the spirit world that I feel like she's shielding or protecting me from. You know, whether it's your mom or your father or grandmother or grandfather, I feel like they do so much work on the other side that we won't ever have privy to see until whenever that time is for us. But what a blessing to think about it like that. I think about it kind of like angels in the outfield. <laughs> yeah. So no, my you. imagination runs wild. And I also have these moments where, um, like for Christmas a couple years ago, I'm, I kid you not, Jay. Me and Tim are sitting at our island at our house, and I could feel this dance. Like, my, I could feel my mom dancing, and I was like, I hadn't had nothing to drink. I was like, I'm not tripping right now. I ain't on no whiskey, no wine. Like, I'm good. But I just felt her, and if I could feel her body move. I could feel her snaps. I felt the smile. I felt the rhythm of her. I felt everything. And so I was trying to ignore it because I was like, am I crazy? I feel like I'm crazy right now. But she kept getting closer to me. So I kept feeling like more of as if she were like, a, like standing there behind me and moving behind me. And so all of a sudden I go, stop, mama. And I laugh. And Tim goes, what? <laughs> and I said, my mom was trying to make me laugh. And he understands because he has very similar interactions with his father uh uh-huh with Mm. his father so we both have these interactions with our parents that have you know passed and we talk about them and we very much so treat them like the space that they're in they're they're still there they're in our space and I'm so grateful for that because I feel like their bodies aren't here but they're here and they protect us, and they, they shield us from so much. And I think that they want us to make great decisions even in their passing. They want us to still celebrate their lives. It's one of the things I love about um, Dia de los Muertos. Dia de los Muertos. Mm-hmm. I hope I'm saying it right. Please forgive me if I'm not. But it's one of my favorite um, holidays. People are like, the day of the dead. I'm like, yes, because the spirit never goes away. It's still around, and I think it's so sweet that they leave out food and, you know what I mean, their favorite things, and, like, why wouldn't you? You know what I mean? Why wouldn't you? I I mean, I feel like my kids are walking around every day, and their grandparents are right there, right there. It's one thing to give your child everything in the world, but what about really being there for them 
I'm talking about being present. After the break, Kelly shares her advice on finding that balance. You're listening to The Limits from NPR. I'm Jay Williams. Hey, I hear you have a birthday coming up. Yeah, you. If you're listening to this, that means you have a birthday coming up eventually. And here at Life Kit, we want it to be a special one. Magic can happen and good luck can happen and serendipity can happen if we're open to it. How to have a good birthday, even if you're not a birthday person. That's on the Life Kit podcast from NPR. On It's Been a Minute, we're keeping you in the know when it comes to culture. I break down the latest trends and the forces behind them and introduce you to the creatives who think deeply about how we live today. Come for some good old cultural analysis and have a few laughs with me. Listen to the It's Been a Minute podcast from NPR. Numbers that explain the economy. We love them at the Indicator from Planet Money. And on Fridays, we discuss indicators in the news, like job numbers, spending, the cost of food, sometimes all three. So my indicator is about why you might need to bring home more bacon to afford your eggs. I'll be here all week. Wrap up your week and listen to the Indicator podcast from NPR. There's a lot to stay on top of on any given day. You might have to break things down into smaller pieces in order to keep up. That's why we're introducing the new Consider This newsletter from NPR. Every weekday, we sift through all the day's news and bring you one big story in an easily skimmable format. So you become a mini expert on a major topic each day. Sign up for free at npr.org slash consider this newsletter. How do you find time to do it all? I mean, you're an entrepreneur. You've written a book. You're obviously a, a big-time personality and celebrity with all that comes along with it. Uh, bonding is something that is so important, that quality time. Mm-hmm. How do you find – and I got yelled at one time for, for asking this question about balance because I guess there really is no thing, such thing as balance. You just do it. Yeah. But how do you carve out that time for that bonding experience between all the tasks you have to do, work, mm-hmm. being a wife? How do you do it? I heard Nick Cannon say years ago, we were, uh, wow, was I 26? I think 26. He said, Kels, we make time for the things we want to make time for. I remember at that time, Mm -hmm. I was learning to make beats (laughs) on a beat maker. I was like, Nick, I'll never figure this out. This is insane. I was like, I don't have the time. He said, you make time for the things you want to make time for. Okay, Nick Cannon. Woo! And it was a gem. I've gone off of it ever since then. And um, I, I think that that quote has shown itself in my life so much, but specifically in the past couple years, especially with kids. So it's like I make time for, for my kids, of course. You make time for marriage. You make time for yourself. You make time for the things that you're like, for me right now, that are like screaming inside of me creatively. Like if I'm like... I'm thinking of something and I can't get past like whatever that project is. I'm like, okay, then this really deserves all of my attention right now. This is what really excites me and gets all of my creative juices flowing. So this is where I need to be. So I go off of that now for sure. My wife, my wife works Mm -hmm. a ton. It's a huge part of her identity. Yeah. And my daughter sees it. She's like, well, you know, mommy can't do, I'm like, yeah. Mommy has a lot of things that mommy needs to do. So daddy's with you. Mm-hmm. How important is it for you to have your kids see 
you working and doing your thing and hustling? Oh, it's everything. I think that we're the first examples for them. You know what I mean? Um, I was just saying this. Um, Sunday Titan came with me to um, the LA, uh, LA Times Festival of Books. And um, his friend was there because, of course, my co-author, Jessica McKay, and um, her son, uh, Chase, and Titan are buddies. And um, he was like, um, I'm going to be so excited. My friend is there. It was really awesome to see the boys in the audience look at us, talk about the book, read the book. They've been with us in the process of making the book. We've had different versions of the book. We've read them all to him, to them both. And we knew it stuck when they were... Um, reciting the cadence and the rhythm of the book after we were done. And Mm -hmm. watching that, even I was saying earlier when um, I did Coachella, of course, with uh, uh, B and Michelle, and we're in rehearsals, I was like, I don't want him to just see us just pop up on stage. That is not real life. (laughs) So (laughs) he needs to come to rehearsal. He came to rehearsal. He was there, and he saw it. and um, See the process. Yeah, you got to see the process. And he's with me when I'm editing my, fi- my Christmas movie. Like, he's sitting there right next to me. You know what I mean? So I like for him to be a part of the process of whatever it is that I'm doing so that he can see the final outcome. And then he's like, oh, it all came together. But you have to enjoy the process just as much as you enjoy the final moment of it being done. And um, I want him to see what the hard work and the passion and dedication is like he sits around like our our meetings when we're planning out, you know, planning out Mm. the month or performances or whatever. He's sitting there with us. So he gets it. And I I love it. I love it. What pushes Kelly Rowland these days? What drives you? What's the motivation? How's the motivation changed from what was to what is now? Um, I do the things I have well, yes, I have time for, but the things that I like um, that really make me excited, that like um, tickle, you know, my my fancy, and I'm just like, ooh, I can't wait to wake up in the morning to start over again. <laughs> like it's like that kind of stuff is exciting, you know. When you can't go to sleep at night, some I know for me, when I can't go to sleep at night sometime because I'm so excited, that part is fun. You know what I mean? I I get mm-hmm. myself to sleep so I can wake up and do it all over again, but it's also like. Ooh, it's like I know what's motivating me right now. Well, Kelly, I have to tell you, I've always been a fan of yours. Uh, I am an even bigger fan of you now and your husband, Tim. And I will be following and staying up with everything you do and seriously continued success. I, it, it, it's amazing to me that, you know, from a, such an early age, the kind of attention that you've gotten your whole life and up to this, how grounded you are and how you have such a, an honest and truthful approach to how you live your life. I, I, I commend you, honestly. It's, it's really incredible. And thank you so much for sharing your time with me and sharing time with our audience to help us learn some of the lessons that you've learned along the way. I appreciate it. Well, I appreciate you, Jay. And thank you for being so transparent with your mom. And I will keep her in my prayers and you and your family in my prayers because that is a a really hard time, you know. Um, And I think that every day you should just really just tell her how, tell her that you're okay, you know what I mean, If whenever you feel up to it because it does take time to get to that place. And I just think that, you know, she's so blessed to have you in her corner as her son to protect her. 
And I think that at this time, you know, whenever it is time, just let her know you'll be okay. I appreciate you, Kelly. That means a lot. Thank you. For sure. I'd like to thank Kelly and her team for making this interview happen. And I am so grateful to everyone who has helped me grow while I've been doing this show. But to Kelly in particular, thank you for helping me process this moment of pain in my life. She didn't have to do it, but she gave her time. She gave her mind. And those words really comforted me. So thank you, Kelly, for just being you and being real. Be sure to subscribe to The Limits Plus for this week's bonus episode, where Kelly talks about her time with Destiny's Child as it shaped who she is today. And as always, stay positive and keep it moving. The Limits is produced by Karen Kinney, Yolanda Sanguini, Mano Sundarason, Linda Sensgary, and Barton Gerwood. Our music is by Ramteen Arab Louie. Videos for this episode were made by Nick Michael, Joshua Bryant, and Annabelle Edwards. Special thanks to Charlie Rigby. I'm Jay Williams, and as always, remember, stay positive and keep it moving. For the seventh year on the Code Switch podcast, conversations about race and identity go way beyond the day's headlines. Because we know what's part of every person is part of every story. We're bringing that perspective with new episodes every week. Listen on the Code Switch podcast from NPR. NPR's editorial independence and integrity is non-negotiable. It's the reason why so many listen to 1A's Friday News Roundup. You'll get analysis and insight from the world's best correspondents. Listen to 1A's Friday News Roundup, only from NPR. From the campaigns to the conventions, from now through Election Day and beyond, the NPR Politics Podcast has you covered. As Joe Biden and Donald Trump square off again, we bring you the latest news from the trail and dive deep into each candidate's goals for a second term. Listen to the NPR Politics Podcast every weekday.